0: We can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes.
1: You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends if they make you a better person than you otherwise would be that's the ultimate gift it deals for the most part with success it deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them people look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same like you're doing all this for a reason remind yourself this fight that you're in this is what will make you stronger Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call Podcast. We've got Ammer in Toronto, Ontario. Gabe in Wakefield, Quebec. Austin in Elmer, Quebec. Forgot where I was wow. for a second. And, uh, it's all the John, smoke. John that's, John a, that's, an El- that's an Elmer thing. That's John an Elmer in- thing. That's John- all the goddamn <laughs> smoke and <from> the fire <laughs> is going straight. To his- <laughs> John is in Vancouver, BC, having just attended the UFC event in Vancouver last night. John, how the hell was that?
2: It was fantastic. I went with Corey and his beautiful wife Emily, and as well as Trisha. It was great, uh, amazing energy. It's so cool to see, like how cool, like just how into the event people get, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's yeah, it was just a really like mindful experience for me, you know, because you're just you're there, and you it's so hard to not just be sucked into it, you know. Like there's you know the, there's the madness of crowds that you can mindfully participate in yes
3: know? yes yes yeah there was there's a moment like that when uh when i was at the berkshire meeting i was just like yeah. "Whoa!" and then and then i just like meditated for like a second and i was like uh, i've never in my life
2: was mindful in a crowd i just became a yeah. crowd you know it's crazy you know, being being one of the few mindful people in a crowd is very fun it's,
3: it's actually very fun. yeah yeah you can
2: kind of be aware of it yeah yeah, no, it was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, there was, you know, Amanda Nunez feel- retired. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah Amanda Nunez retired, which was huge. Yeah, dude, she I saw goes that clip. She goes down as, I mean, like, honestly, it was so dominant. It was just absolutely insane. And and I've, I've been following her career, you know, like, since the beginning of it and since that she when she kind of busted into the UFC scene, I, I, that's when I became a UFC fan. Like, I just oh, happened to coincide. Yeah. So I've watched her entire career. And, you know, Trisha and I, like, we're, you know, huge fans of Amanda Nunez. Um probably one of trisha's favorite fighters i would say and just every time we fight or she fights with the exception of when she lost a penny that one time three Mm -hmm. three fights ago it's like man every time i see her fight i'm just like man she's just like there's levels to this you know there's just there's just different levels and 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 there's like four between her and every other fighter like it's just it's a different thing Was was
3: she undefeated
2: uh no she had lost she's she's lost before many times actually oh. like early in her career and then she lost as a champion she's only lost once and then mm. she like instantly revenged it in like the most dominant way but mm-hmm. you know i think the one of the things that i've seen with amanda nunez and a lot of fighters too i mean um unlike some forms of compounding there's like the compounding of your skill mixed with the decay of your body right and so there's the you know when you're in your prime it's when i think when people say in your prime in sports i think you know the mental model i you know bring from investing over to this is like it's that it's that perfect point where your body has just peaked before it you know it's going to go over the edge you know co- convexing back into decline mm. and you're and you've and you've achieved maximum compounding of your skills like that's your yeah. prime and there's in the ufc there's like two to three years where you just have like that bam just that that pop right and, we, Dude, and she, it's crazy. she's retiring at such a great time. And mm-hmm. and you know, some sports obviously you can kind of go further, you know, because because the, the amount your body decays doesn't as matter. Like you know, golf, I feel like you can compound your skill over a longer period of time. Yeah,
1: golf is something but where then you can your decay doesn't get matter with age. as much.
2: No, but yeah, but you but you but you still decay over time. Like, yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah. Phil, if Phil Nicholson Phil Nicholson had Nicholson, his Mickelson. Yeah had his skill that he has now, but his his 20 year old, 25-year-old body, uh, obviously yeah, he'd be a better yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. But in some sports the decay doesn't matter as much. In investing, you don't need your body, right, as much, right? You just need your mind. And so that's where you see Charlie Munger at like 99 years old who's just still slaying the game. Right.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like phrases
3: and phrases like uh Warren Buffett saying, Oh, I've been looking at this company for 60
2: years. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> know yeah, it's so funny, right?
1: Yeah. Uh John, I think we need to go to a UFC event the next time it comes to to Canada. Hopefully it comes to Toronto and it's on the well, East so Coast. That's I would it, love so to go to
2: yeah so in the in the in the press conference like the post fight mm. press conference uh he said that the next uh fight in the next fight card in um, canada will be in toronto so then yes. I'll, I'll come out to toronto for you guys we're going
1: to that 100
2: and the toronto yeah. card there's a good chance that it'd be like i mean this was a big card for sure mm-hmm. I mean, you know people yeah. sleep on amanda and say oh it's a women's fight who gives a fuck about that man one of the best the, the best in, on my in my opinion the best fight on this card was a woman's fight and in, in, in the prelims right so no women's fights are epic um but either way when they go to toronto there's a good chance that would be a m- m- massive fight and i wouldn't be surprised if they did fucking charles in, 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 in like mm. islam because man i'm telling you right now like i thought i was in fucking brazil when charles came really? out, like oh dude I, I had to cover my ears it was so fucking loud like trisha was like like was basically just like trying to like you know like like, like, f- like full fingers in the ear, like trying to like block it up. Wow. So goddamn loud in there. And when Charles won and he was staying, I have a photo of, and he was standing on top of the ring and he's basically just like, I'm the fucking man, dude, the whole arena, like it, like your ears were ringing. It was so fucking loud in there. Everyone you know, there's Brazilian flags flying everywhere. It's just fucking, it was like, it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever seen. And it was yeah. just so cool to see Charles, who's such a fucking great human as well. Like just as such a clean class act, like, you know, after his walk-in, his walk-in starts off so slow, and it's because it's kind of like classical music, like Brazilian. And then by the time he gets in there, like he must have timed it, fucking gets into the thing. It's just like it's just, you know, the 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 violins are coming in. It's just it was just so energetic in there. Instantly walks wow. over to Daniel, says, "Hey, you know, thank you so much." You know, like just like mm. so respectful. Like thanks all the coaches before the fight you know yeah. and uh seeing him up there and he was just so emotional because you know this was a huge fight like you know if he lost oh, this yeah. the car- the career trajectory for him was so different yeah. yeah and what's so cool about Charles's career is that up until about 2016 or so he was a journeyman like this guy yeah. was like he would win lose win lose lost loss win win lost loss win win like he was just like an average fighter like you know like wasn't even on anyone's radar and then from 2016 onwards, Fucking just champion mindset. I don't. I, I. I'm. I'm looking forward to the documentary about him mm-hmm. one day. Like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, you don't see many people of his caliber, really. Like, if he wants to be in the same conversation as like Khabib and Connor and Izzy, like, none of them have like above like four or five losses. He's got almost ten. You know, like you can see he's he's gone through some. Yeah, shit.
2: man. And you know, and, and one of the things that and, and, and there's there's a business uh, analogy to this too is that. The ability to, you know, obviously handle adversity is for obvious reasons, but it's not even mm-hmm. necessarily handle adversity because, you know, handling adversity is, uh, is you're still in the fight, you know, like handling adversity is like, you know, it's like having a rough day and like still like finishing mm-hmm. strong. Right. Or like adversity is like you're, you have shit hit the fan and you still have a good outcome. Right. Yeah. But what a lot of people don't talk about in business is, is, uh, you know, especially as an entrepreneur is like legitimate, just failures. Like, legitimately, yeah. you, you, you fucked up, you made a bad decision, or, like, you you you, ha- you just legitimately just had a bad outcome. This is, like, you get to the end of your student works, you know, year, and you're, like, oh, like, I actually just completely missed my goal.
1: Yeah. And
2: so Charles, in the last fight, he was champion, lost to Islam makachev So this was mm-hmm. a key fight for him, because it's, like, how do you bounce back? Like, how do you hand that mindset, right? Like, how yeah, do you yeah. go from having, like, a legitimately bad booking week, and then uh, how do you perform the next week, right? And I mean, he was flawless. Knocked yeah. knocked out Deal Neal Darrubuis in the first round. I mean, and that guy's a just a world killer. So I just I love seeing that kind of thing. And I've and I've always been a huge fan of the UFC for that reason. I've always watched Dana White's press conferences for that reason. I really like. There's so many lessons and life lessons you can see just in the course of one fight, and you can see. You know during the you even seen during the walkout like some mm-hmm. people's mentality coming into it you know like the arrogance and you're like oh okay i wonder what's going to go on there i mean you know you can't always you know you're not going to predict a fight yeah. based on a walkout but yeah you can kind of see like the different mindsets and it's like yeah obviously they're going to show up and they're fighting but i would say there's so many other like um and, and this is the same in the business too like you know people say oh it's the estimate or it's the initial call or it's the yeah, you know, yeah but the actually i think the one of the more important battles that you never see is the mental game right like it's it's that it's that war. well that's the one thing about game.
1: ufc that like it it almost becomes more evident that the mental component is so so important like you can see how in some yeah. cases when a when a fighter is walking out and he's coming into the cage you can just see it in their body and their energy like if they're if they're yeah. If they have their tail between their legs or if they're like, let's fucking go. Well, like, even I'm during like, the fight,
2: you can see yeah. that decline, right? Yeah. And like and, my uh my, yeah. my,
1: my, my buddy and I would always try if we're watching a UFC event together, we we would just pick the winner based off of how they look coming out, like yeah. their energy, yeah. like it's it's almost I, I don't wanna like say it's a hundred percent, but if you if you don't know UFC and you just watch people walking out, like I'm pretty sure you could get above fifty percent right like just i think so people.
2: yeah i think so i mean it gets into the i, I uh just disclaimer i wouldn't bet on ufc no, fights no. period but also don't use the strategy because there is an odds factor too like mm-hmm. you can could, you can could st- you can win more than 50 percent of your bets and still actually yeah. you know lose money yeah. so um no you hit on the nail man but i mean like you know like for but even like for business you know it's like it's such an underrated thing because I know a lot of individuals who are very skilled and, you know, Amber, I'm sure that you see the same thing. Like, you know, not, I don't know so much with your clientele per se. Cause I mean, i would imagined a lot of them. Um, I know, I guess all of them would actually be, it would be just a mindset thing. Never mind, What, what the fuck am I talking about? But either way um, the, they're highly, no, but some of his people may not be highly skilled though. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. like in student works, I see like a lot of individuals that know what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. They know when they need to do it. They just don't do it when they ought to do it. Yeah. You know? and you know it and mindset
1: yeah yo okay before we get into the episode i just wanted to point out i was looking at future ufc cards john have you seen the card for ufc 291 in july yeah, it's absolutely it's, it's like disgusting. what the fuck like dustin it's poirier disgusting. dustin poirier, uh, poirier against Gaethje, Bla- Blackowicz versus Pereira. ferguson yeah, versus go. green paulo costa stephen thompson michael pereira Derek lewis it's like what is this like an yeah dude no even
2: the prelims is like a fight card yeah it's it's legit
1: it's it's in utah like are are we going to utah like what the fuck like um
2: yeah is it salt lake city yeah oh yeah salt lake city man those mormons they come out to fight
1: (laughs) yeah the lds man oh dude yeah who's from utah it's uh isn't um that farmer guy uh the guy who wears the camo shorts isn't he from utah no i think he's from the south oh no you know he's from arkansas oh okay um okay so we said last week we posted all over our social media this week is an ask us anything i looked it up for fun the last ask us anything we did was episode 79 december 14th 2020 mm. so uh this will <laughs> be fun now we're jumping up forward to episode 211 and uh we got a ton of questions i'm not sure if we'll make it all the way through we'll start us off with some light stuff uh this question's is from Jordan.kipness uh when are we getting a ping pong rematch oh man so Aunt i'm Earth. guessing
2: he's referring to me because i am he played all of us yeah of the, but,
1: well yeah. you I won one sure game
2: you, you i just want to make sure one game i just want to make sure we're clear that I am undefeated out of the amongst the three of us.
1: Yeah, I wanted to bring that up because I wanted to spark this debate. I definitely lost. I'm shit at ping pong compared to you guys, but Ammer and John, I think both lost to Jordan. No,
2: Jordan. Put it this way, uh, Jordan. There's levels to this, and so like there's let's just use the baseline level. So we we'll use the benchmark as Ammer. So then there's like I'm above that level. And then You're there's such Jordan, a shit well head, above dude. that level. Like, fuck <laughs> <are you? laughs> well, Amher, I beat you, fair and square.
1: Yeah, I will say that John did beat Amher. Like, Amher, you do have to accept that. You know, like, that's just the. I'm backs. pretty sure I beat you twice, too. At one game.
2: No, it was one game. I don't know about that. Yeah. I um, picked up pickleball like last week. So I'll see cool. you in Nashville. I've been, pra- Amher, I've been practicing pickleball the moment that it came out, anticipating you playing pickleball just so I could beat you in pickleball. <laughs> I'll see you in Nashville hammer every single time a new sports invented. I get good at it just in case (laughs) as insurance.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. All right. right. So just so we're clear, everyone knows we, we had, uh, all these questions were submitted via Instagram. Um, So I'll keep us going here. Uh, Two questions back to back from life of J may. What is the most challenging aspect of running a weekly podcast? Question one, question two, do you schedule topics and content a month ahead of time and rotate responsibilities per episode? So I think we can answer this just by saying no, I don't think any I don't think we've ever planned one episode out like, hey, we're going to talk about this, this and this. I will say that personally, I think you guys do the same thing sometimes throughout the week. uh, If something happens in our in our week that I really want to not forget to bring up with you guys just as like a point of discussion, I'll write it down or set an alarm in my phone being like, hey, I want to bring this up to Amar and John. Um, but we have never really scripted anything, to be honest. So uh, for me,
3: after episode 201, I started writing topics ahead of time. Um, I I started using it as like a summary of what I've learned in the week. For yourself
1: throughout the week, you would start writing notes every day, like to bring up?
3: No, like in preparation for this, like every Friday night or Saturday, I would write things down that I've learned or, or
2: topics that I want to get your guys' opinion on. Yeah, Um, I've thought about doing the same, but I haven't implemented it. But it definitely seems like a good strategy because I I find that when I get on the podcast, I'm like, when you guys talk about like lessons to learn, I'm like, you kind of have to think about it for a second, right? You do, you you do exactly. So
3: I I just didn't like that feeling of just being on Mm -hmm. the spot, so I just started preparing a little bit. Um, but that's that's that was after episode 201,
1: yeah. And I think that, um Life of Jay May is a friend of mine. He uh he actually runs a really cool business. He uh he he owns essentially what's like a virtual car dealership. So he doesn't really have a physical location, but he essentially is a broker for cars. So mm. if you're in the ve- if you're in the market for looking for a vehicle, um, then he will go help you find that vehicle at the lowest possible price that's available in the market. Because he used to I, his story is something like I don't want to butcher it, so maybe he's gonna text me saying I got this all wrong, but. He used to work in the automotive industry, but the automotive industry is all franchised. And so franchises buy vehicles from the manufacturer and then sell it at a markup, right? So when you walk into a dealership, the deal the, the salesmen at the dealership are trying to fit you to a vehicle they already purchased and are on their liability. Like they 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 own that vehicle, they're trying to move it for a profit. So they're just trying to fit the people that walk into the door to something they have on their fleet. Whereas the other way around is that, like, if you go into this, his company's called auto agents, if you go into you know, work with them, they're going to help you find any vehicle you want at the cheapest price that's available for sale, either in an auction or, you know, even something like finding it in a private sale or through a dealership. So, and then they'll sell your car as well for you. So it's like a buy and sell. It's almost like a realtor, mm. but for cars. So I've, I've bought and sold three or four vehicles through them for personal and business. And he was talking to me about starting a podcast too. So I think these are.
3: Mm. Use, a, use code delayed discounting at checkout. And, yeah uh, exactly and jay i expect the one percent kickback
1: yeah exactly yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> no, no. um cool
2: businessman i hope uh yeah
1: yeah i think he's gonna manage out east, it well he's out east and out west i think he's in ottawa and vancouver
2: yeah the only the only issue though is well the capital light business but it seems like the spread would get arbitraged away over time
1: yeah possible um Next question from Cameron underscore Shell seventy nine. How did you all get so handsome? Um, thanks, Cameron.
3: <laughs> um, good sleep. i got that.
1: Yeah, Amber's got that beard oil. You know, like that goes a long way. <laughs> no.
3: I mean, yeah, just good sleep. We take care of our health.
1: Yeah. Um, Aiden French. Do you guys think John looks like Victor Hovland? Do you guys know who Victor Hovland is? No, like I heard the name. I think that he's a PGA golfer. Um,
2: oh, I've I've heard of this guy. I don't think I look like him. Victor Hovland.
1: No, I think if you I showed don't. a photo,
2: maybe I'd change my mind, but I don't think so. I think I've seen this guy. No, nah. I wouldn't say so at all.
1: I would say kind of, like the one in the ping hat right there, oh, like right. the one that's with the white background. Yeah, I'd say like kind of. He looks way more European than John, though.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say I, I don't yeah. I look American he looks European
1: yeah exactly yeah I would say so close eight in French I'd say like a four out of ten on that uh on that matchup uh question from Fernando Venus uh John have you become less stoic or just preach it less
2: I've probably become slightly less Oh I don't know actually. But yeah, I probably become slightly less stoic, but yeah, definitely I don't preach it as much as I used
1: to. Mhm. Maybe a follow-up question on behalf of Fernando would be what would cause what would what do you think may have caused that?
2: Well, I mean I I just started living. Like I mean I I, I mean I stopped trying to preach it to other people and to just try to be an example of like, Hey, like, you know, I mean, handling adversity and things like that. I would say this, I would say that, um, the the challenges that I'm facing are far greater than they've ever been, but my ability to handle them is far greater
1: as well. Mm. Yeah, I understand. I get that. Um, Question from Schwarz Janik?
3: Yannick, Yannick.
1: Yannick, Schwarz Yannick. Y- y- How much time do you guys invest into growing the business? Just the regular seven to five? Question mark. How much time? How and much see, time that? do you guys invest into growing the business? Question mark. Just regular seven to five? Question mark.
3: Oh, I don't understand the question. I, I get it. How many hours a week do you work on ProWorks?
1: But I, I think that his question is actually more about, well, maybe his question is meant like about like how much time do you spend working in your business or on your business? But he says the word growing, which to me means like, how do you, how much do you spend on just trying to grow your business? Like making decisions to grow it, not necessarily working in it, you know?
2: Well, right now for me, it's like, I think I would say it's like 90% of the time. I mean, other than when I'm doing like paperwork or administration stuff, literally everything I do Mm -hmm. is growth oriented. Yeah.
1: Right. And your working hours would look like what?
2: Well, I mean, I would. I mean, if if you if you want to say like growth, I mean, every time I read a book, I mean, there's nothing. There's there's no. I don't read anything for fun. I mean, it's you know. I mean, like they're they're enjoyable to read, but I
1: mean,
2: you know. So I would say, um, I don't know, like fifty, sixty hours a week of just growth stuff. I mean, if you added my reading and stuff, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, what else? I mean, what else would you know? Yeah,
1: but there's no more like
2: day to day stuff for me, right? So,
1: yeah. I guess I'll kind of take this a different way. Like if you're asking about specifically time, uh, I try not to start anything business related until like 8am every morning, seven or 8am. I've kind of developed a new routine that I, I just focus on getting up. Usually if it's a weekday, I'm going to the gym. It's about a 20 minute drive. And then I'm uh, working out for an hour. Then I'm, done at seven. Then I'm showering in my truck, driving either back home to work or to the office by 8am. Usually I'm like at my computer, uh, maybe start with like 30 to 45 minutes of just clearing my inbox. Then I'll get into like some deep work tasks, whether that's meetings or uh, things on my to do list, just like things that are in my calendar. And then afternoons for myself, I usually try to leave open for either client calls, setting up a uh, like if I'm setting up appointments or talking or having a meeting with franchisees or or what have you. And then I try to really be wrapped up by 6 p.m. Uh, like I have this new function on my phone where I'm trying just to eliminate all notifications past 6 p.m. for work. So I don't get distracted. So really, for me, it's usually between 8 to 6. Um, Yeah, that's most most weekdays. And then weekends, Saturdays, I'm usually trying to do I would say like. 70% of the time on Saturdays I'm doing three or four appointments whether it's for my location or someone nearby with yeah. them for coaching yeah and then Sundays I usually try to take off Sunday mornings we're sitting down to record this podcast then I usually go do something with Miranda or my mom every couple of weeks we go to my mom's place for like a family brunch yeah
3: I work uh like Monday 9 to 7 Tuesday 9 to 7 Wednesday 9 to 6 Thursday 9 to 9 Friday, 9 to 6. And then I I spend, like, Mondays usually just, like, doing one-on-ones with the team. And then and then Tuesdays, just, like, reading data, spending money or spending less money, like, usually on marketing. Um, Wednesdays is mostly, like, quality control. Thursdays are open, but typically I build SOPs and better the systems. Um and then Fridays are like uh, miscellaneous meetings and stuff. They're just kind of okay. fall off the wayside side and you know, overseeing a little bit of helping Patrick with customer success. So, um yeah, now I started protecting my Saturdays and Sundays, but I used to do sales calls
1: on Saturdays and Sundays.
3: But now well, what, yeah.
1: What shifted for you there? There's protecting Saturdays and Sundays and what in what way?
3: Um well, I've been neglecting an area of
1: my life long enough. Right. I need to get, need
3: to get a girlfriend.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you like when you wake up at nine a.m. on Saturday, you just like hitting Tinder hard. Is that is that the <laughs> <laughs> no? But I focus on like you're just like okay, time and... to clock in for an eight-hour shift on Tinder.
3: <laughs> no man, I'm like a I'm like an amateur in that world. So like I'm working yeah. on my mindset there. Mm-hmm. I'm like trying to like look at my wardrobe. I'm like, is this even pleasant? I'm trying to figure out what should my beard look like. Some of the basics, man. You know that, that has just been.
1: I don't know, man. I feel like you're already like. Uh, I don't, I don't think there's anything like in, if you're talking about thinking about like, how should your beard look? It's like you know, Yeah. That, that was a conversation
3: I, with Christine well, and James. Like we we're talking about like, Hey, is this a, should I trim the beard a little bit? Is it too like,
1: bro? Okay.
2: Okay. Hold on. Let's not get caught. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Let's yeah. Just, let's yeah. Keep, what let's, the keep, hell? let's keep this going. Yeah. yo, yeah, yeah, Christine and James. On the I love it, no. side of these
1: questions. <laughs> no, let's keep, no, going. Let's keep going. going. No, no. I, I think I'm no, curious to no, know no. like, okay, no, no. I, I want to shift away from Amber's beard, but I also want to ask like, Saturday, Sunday, when you're focusing on like the romantic side of your life, what are you actually doing? Right? Are you just like,
3: like like messaging, just re, like cold outreach, you know. <laughs> look at guys, guys, look at no, no, not no, no. Be, no, John, no, 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 John. Why are you no, no, trying to no, no, end no, no, this no, no.
1: conversation? This is awesome. I'm, I'm not
2: trying to. I'm I'm trying to end it in the sense that there's not going to be any kind of quality coming up of this. Uh, Austin, you've been single once. So you know what you have to do. Uh, I don't think that the amber is going to like have some sort of magical formula for getting women. So I think we should just move right on. <laughs> oh yeah. it, damn, it, it, John, this, dude, this is this is the no no. This not... is the male gossip right now. This is this is this is not quality. Like for AMA, this is not what guys are looking
1: for. With oh damn. All right, well, maybe that was my hedonic boy, you know. It was. Um, okay. Next question. This is from Matchit Baby sixty six. Do you speaking think... of which? <laughs> no, that's James,
3: think... bro. He's sick. What up, James? James
1: Matchit. Uh <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Oh, thought I thought it was like, like Matchit. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see the. I didn't see the That's so funny. Name, no, his so last like, name yeah. is Matt. Like. yeah anyway i know but i I didn't think i didn't yeah yeah that's hilarious yeah Yeah, yeah. of course uh matchup baby 66 do you guys think that people experience time differently
2: well of course
1: this is a really good question i've thought about this a lot yeah
2: it's a good question it is
1: like in a day the way that i perceive an hour or a minute or a period of 15 minutes Do I view that like, obviously, like there's 60 seconds, but do I experience a second differently in a minute, right? Is it like, well,
2: no, of course, of course, you experience time differently. Yeah. Like, it's an obvious, I mean, there's an obvious answer. I mean, there's probably a more philosophical, like route we could go down. But I think, of course, we experience time differently. I mean, like a lot of people when they're at work, time is their enemy. Right? Whereas for me, time is on my side because of my relationship with with time and my business. When you have a long term mindset, time is on your side. Yeah, there's another. Yeah, but so I mean, there's, an, there's so there's a different experience there, right?
3: Yeah, I agree with John. I think it's how you relate to time matters. And if you like think back to high school, you can be like, oh man, like high school was felt like ten years, and that's because of like your age. So from mm. age age like fourteen to eighteen. That is like like 20% or more of like – like when would you be conscious? Like at six? So like around like 25 to 33% of your consciousness was spent in high school. And during high school, you were experiencing things for the first time ever in your life. So it felt longer. Mm-hmm. But there's an illusion with time where the more you experience things – Like if you travel a lot and see a lot of new things, then time usually is slower. But if you're doing the same things over and over and not learning and you're kind of stale, I feel like
2: time can go much, much faster. You can be like, Oh man, Hmm. it's been a year already. So a very interesting point. Yeah. That's a very interesting point. I mean, that's maybe one of the reasons why entrepreneurship or, you know, business business is so fun because you're always doing so many new things that it kind of extends time to some degree. Right. And then like similar to what you're saying, Amber, like you, um, your age if right, you're doing so. the same things in business repetitively you, you depending on what it is um although the, but even in saying that though amber there's actually a dichotomy there because I see there's the discipline there's yeah there's the discipline and the repetitiveness of the actions but then there's different puzzles you know like for example like reading like a, a an annual report is a fairly similar experience from company to company but each company is so different right And so that oh, yeah. in of itself keep, keeps it you know and that's one of the things that people like uh people like about painting right is that you know, employees like about painting is that each home is a different puzzle, right? So, Correct. so there's there's probably something said to be said about that. About mastery is finding that sweet so, sweet sweet spot between why maybe that is mastery. Mastery is when when time no longer exists, right? Yeah. Well, w- flow state
3: can be achieved when something is just tough enough that you know how to do it, but it's not easy enough. Where it's like this is too easy, so
2: no, no, but I'm not talking about I'm not talking about flow state though. But
3: in flow state, time just disappears. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Yeah, there's a good cool video
2: about this called "Time" by Vsauce. If you want, there's also a really good book called "Flow" by a last name that is so absurd I'm not even gonna try and pronounce it. (laughs) Oh yeah, but that's about flow state, right? It is. It's by a Czech, uh, a Czechoslovakian. And you should yeah. look up, this is the word flow. It's, he's the guy who actually founded this. He's the one that coined the term flow, flow state. Yeah. Like that comes from this individual. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for sure.
1: Well. All right. Next question uh, from Fernando, again, Fernando Venezuela. Viniz, Sorry, I'm butchering your name or your handle. Uh, have you guys ever had a client gaslight you? What does that mean? What's gaslight? Yeah. I think we should look that up because a lot of, I hear the term a lot. I've never heard an actual definition for for this.
0: I want to look it up, but from what I understand, gaslighting is basically when you, when you make someone, it's a form of psychological manipulation in which the abuser attempts to sow self-doubt and confusion in their victim's mind. So basically like a a classic example is like this, you can gaslight someone by saying, they have a memory of something happening, and you could just gaslight them by saying, "Like, no, that didn't happen. You're crazy, right?" And then to getting oh, them yeah. to sort of be like, "To the point, is that gaslighting? That is. We need. Yeah, Let's a
2: definition of gaslighting up here because I, I, right. I thought gaslighting was like interesting. I thought gaslighting was like getting someone going on a topic. Wow. Okay. Never mind. Yes. So the answer is yes. I've had
1: a
3: yeah, client of try to yeah, do this. Yeah, yeah. And if you have good systems, like a clear contract, a clear expectation document, and some before and after photos of the project of like what were the con- other contractors' mistakes and what was yours, you're pretty much invincible.
2: Yeah, obviously, expectation setting and what Amber just said about contract. But I, I would also say that I, I, I think during the sales process, I think a lot of times you, you can, can kind of out. see. Yeah, you can see certain individuals who are kind of looking for easy prey, like on a price side, you know. And yes. I think there's a lot of like, I, I experience it more from the male side, which n- may not necessarily mean that there's not females doing this, but maybe my ability to read the female versus the male side of this, this form of manipulation is just not adequate. But nonetheless, I do find that there is certain, like, let's say like very uh, passive aggressive males on an initial call that, mm. uh, that would use this. Yeah.
1: Gabe, can you click on that little drop down where it was going to show a, uh, on the, on the main page <clears throat> again, sorry, the example, <clears throat>
0: Yeah, think about how you might go about eroding someone's sense of reality. That's a really Efforts big part Efforts to it.
1: hide important details, lie about one's own actions and control the narrative. But I just want to see like, a, like an actual description of like a, a situational example of gaslighting.
3: Well, it's like uh, John saying he beat me at ping pong. And then I'd be like, no, you didn't, man. Like Austin was there. No, you didn't. And, and then Well, Austin I was, was there, using
2: like... gaslighting when I was like, oh, I think it was twice you know oh there you lighting. go there you go yeah.
1: i never said that i did that because i love you i don't know why you're making such a big deal of this you're being overly sensitive you're you're being dramatic you are not the you are the issue not me if you loved me you would X. these are a lot of them around you like relationships crazy. but yeah okay yeah. well we're good yeah. we're good yeah. anyway yeah so uh, interesting good. yeah i'm trying to think michelle yeah yeah shut out. yeah make sure you say his why don't you use his middle name gabe that'd be great <laughs> um, want to share his address too while you're at it, Doc's. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know that was like we've had a couple clients for sure gaslight us. I mean, in roofing, it's kind of interesting, right? Because it's one of the things you can do to a property that like the client has very low education on, and it's very hard for the client to inspect what got done because the reality is they're not going to get up on the roof and start tearing all off shingles, sliding baby. Yeah. So it's it's like, hey, we um. I'm trying to think of a common one. Like,
2: well, you know, it's funny though, Austin. You say that because, like, one of the most common reasons why someone will try and like do a holdback for for my business in particular, yeah. just given given our geography and given yeah. just the home the difficulty of homes we work on, we have to basically insert an anchor on every single job. Insert and, an anchor. Yeah, into the roof.
1: Oh yeah, like yeah for a harness. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, and inevitably, when you do, you know, massive payrolls. At least one motherfucker, every single payroll will be like, well, what if I had my friend come by to inspect that roof? And that's gaslighting, right? Because he's trying to like, sow doubt into like, whether or not there's, and, and so my, and I, I, my response, and then Jocelyn's response, Noah's response Brady's response is always the exact same. Hey man, so we do like $2 million a year in painting and almost every single home we have to do an anchor. If we were actually doing like fucking this up, we would be like bankrupt, like 10 times over right now. If we were just actually fucking up people's roofs, like there's, you can't fuck up. 500 roofs a year and be in an operational business. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's so true. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, Ammer gaslit.
3: No, no. I already gave my comments. Contracts, expectation documents, before and afters, and good sales process can help No, you but, the, but
1: But things. the question was, have you ever been gaslit by a client?
2: Yes. Yeah. I think we all said yes. Yeah.
3: Oh, okay.
1: Yes. I thought we were just giving one,
2: one very, yeah, very one quick note on that. What is that, um I find that if you have less than ten years experience in anything, okay, including myself, you're very likely to think that someone is, like is like mistreating you in some sort of way when in reality you're just one hundred percent like the issue that's going on.
3: Oh, I see, yeah. I see. I see.
2: I yeah. see. Yeah, like I feel like I feel like there's yeah. so few people that are actually so like evil masters at their domain. No, no, but so in, oh. few individuals that are legitimately masters. At, like I always love when a second year is like, "This client's not paying me. He's fucking me." It's like, and then you hear the whole situation. You're like, uh, yeah. "I don't know if that many people would be paying you." So, yeah, fair enough. Well, um,
3: I still need many more years.
1: But I guess if the question was how to defend yourself against the attempts. No, let's not get into that. Well, no, but that's what Amber was saying. I just want to clarify that, like, really strong expectation setting and and a very oh, yeah. ironclad contract, right? Like, yeah. That gets around anything. Like, yeah. yeah. I, yeah.
3: I, am, I am so prepared. Like, in this business right now, if somebody makes a claim about, like, my product or the coaching, I have everything documented. Like, yeah. I welcome
1: all sources of
3: manipulation. I will win.
1: Yeah. Mm. Um, question from Max Shageev, shout out, member Let's of the Weekly go. Ballers. Uh what's a lesson you wish you learned earlier in life?
3: Dude, I feel like I'm pretty damn lucky, I gotta be honest. <laughs> I feel like I learned pretty a lot of yeah, things but again,
1: Amher, your your mind went right to business though, right? Like I think there's a lot of shit that no, no, Really? You don't think? No. You think you, you, think you learned everything right on time, right? Eh? That's that's your answer? Well, hold
3: on. Okay, I'll just I'll relax for a second. I'll, I'll
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, lesson I wish I learned earlier in life. I guess maybe we could do like something professionally and then something personally, possibly, because I think those are kind of two different opportunities to share. I think that uh, you could
2: probably find one that covers both, but yeah.
1: Mm, okay, let me think then.
2: Because otherwise we're doing six shares right now.
1: That'd be, that'd be way too much I agree
2: uh... okay here's here's a lesson. I, the lesson that I wish that I had learned a lot earlier. that really all i had to do was just focus on a set of principles and virtues and just follow through on those relentlessly with absolute like ironclad discipline and it would just work out yeah it'd be weird if it didn't yeah yeah because i mean there's a few different mental models there one there's the if you want if you want something the easiest way to do it is to deserve it and i just you know you could you could say i'm just a optimist here but i just i really do think that good things happen to good people you know in, in the long run of course and um there's obviously the volatility of anything you know so on a week-to-week basis you know you can't you're not going to have necessarily the results you want but i think that um you know and, and one of the virtues that comes to mind specifically for someone like max is resolve is it in resolve the the, the best definition, the definition i've ever found of it is at Benjamin Franklin's and it goes, resolve is knowing what you need to do, when you need to do it and doing it when you want to. And I really like that because when I was younger, like so like 18 to like 23, even though I knew everything I needed to do to achieve mastery and the thing that I wanted to do, I would always find something else that I could focus my energy on. Another business, another opportunity, just something rather than just picking one thing and getting really, really good at it. Right. And um, yeah, I wish I had learned that earlier because I would be a lot further ahead if I was adding those extra reps earlier on. Like imagine if you're in the gym and your strategy for working out is that you just can't, you know, rather than just doing like, okay, here's my rest, here's my set, here's my rest, here's my set. Imagine if you're just jumping around the gym, right? And that's how a lot of young business people are. They're just jumping around the gym, just sampling every little workout, rather than just boom, boom, boom. And then progressive overloading.
3: Yeah. You know? I mean, I wish I kind of learned accounting and math
2: earlier. Like that's not play. really a lesson; that's a skill. Well, the but yeah, fair play lesson. No, but fair, no fair play. I mean, I, I pick that. I mean, because I agree. I, I me too, to be honest. Yeah.
3: And uh, yeah, relationships are everything. That's that's kind of like the other lesson I learned.
2: Yeah, that. Yeah, who like you a, do business with?
3: No, no, no. Everything I want out of my life is if if I if I whatever I desire, oh, I if I can just like treat everybody that comes into contact with me as the winner in the transaction,
2: I can just get everything I want. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Win-win relationships are easier. Yeah. they're so much easier in the long run. Hey, because, um, I love that point Amber, because, um, if someone walks away from experience with you feeling like the loser, they're never going to come back to do business with you. They're never, you know, especially and women too. Right. I mean, obviously, like if they feel like they got used by you or something like that, there's no, you know, there's no, yeah. they're not going to refer you. There's no, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. no friendship, you know, And uh, yeah, I think giving people a positive experience in all aspects of your life, but also making sure that whatever business transactions you're doing or even like friendship and things like that, because yeah, man, I a hundred percent agree. And I think people actually, I think so many narcissistic and very like Machiavellian people, that's what they miss is that they, they are always going for short-term gains, not realizing what they're giving up in the long run. I mean, if you look at Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett's relationship, I mean, Man, like think about all of the the wealth they generated at the back end of the relationship. And I see people in the way they do business. I'm like, man, you're just never going to have that really. You know?
3: Yeah. In middle school, I used to, because I used to be like a one-time transaction expert. Like if I wanted to force one-time transaction, this was in middle school. I was like 12. And I would like find pencils on the floor and I would like clean them up, refurbish them. And then when exam season came around, and people would need it, pencils i'd sell them at like a toonie a piece cuz like they're like trying to get to class so the, everybody would feel robbed after the transaction
1: that's and so I, jokes dude what
3: but like, like i got my toonies and when when pizza they came around <laughs> dude that did. is
1: such an ammer move bro wow. what are you talking about no that's it's awesome. not an ammer no no no, move, no, no not no, an ammer just, move okay okay all right.
3: That's an Amherst story. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, story. That's an Amherst. yeah. That, that was. No, no, sorry. I should say that's like, that not, was, not like, yeah. yeah,
1: sorry. It's not like you now. It was just, it's just funny to think yeah, of yeah. like you doing that. You know, it's like, yeah.
3: But then, uh, but yeah, not a. Yeah, people were just icky around me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm entering high school with a different mindset. And uh, valedictorian, baby. That's what I wanted. And I'm like, I treat everybody
2: better. Boom. And then I had to relearn that That's so true, man. You see that in business, man. You see a lot of guys and they only, you know, they only have one, you know, they do one business partner at a time, you know? It's like, you look at their, you know, you you look like a 10-year track record and it's like, how come you have like no friends older than like, how come you've had no friends for more than five years? How come you have no, how come every time you do business, it's always with new business partners, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's something to look for, Yeah.
1: I would say that a lesson that I wish I learned earlier in life is that very, 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 very few things are actually personal. And oh, yeah, it's a good one, yeah. What I mean by that is, apart from my family or, like, my mom or my dad or my sister or Miranda, like, telling me that I am good or bad at things or giving me feedback or, you know, if, if there was a harsh reality I needed to face from people that I truly cared about and would die for, I think that would be personal. Um, Mm. business is not like feedback from clients has nothing to do with me as an individual, you know, um, it's certainly an opportunity to improve, right. If there's negative feedback from a client or positive feedback from a client, there's no value in attributing negative or positive feedback in business to your own Mm self-worth. And I did that for years, like at least four to five years, I was living and Mm -hmm. dying by the customer satisfaction rating of my business because I Mm essentially, I essentially looked at that like a self-worth score, you know, like Mm -hmm. I am in business. Therefore I am opening up myself to play a larger game of feedback for myself individually. And that became a really fucking slippery slope because you know, you have a project go really well, you know, you're like, fuck, like, yeah, you know, I, I did really well. This is awesome. And you feel, you know, you're up here mentally, right? And, and then it just makes any sort of net, even something extremely minor, right? Like, you know, in my first year of running a painting business, a client mm-hmm. literally could have said to me, Austin, you painted, you're in your, you and your crew, like 9.5 out of 10, awesome service house looks amazing this look like couldn't be happier just this one thing if maybe you put down a drop sheet on the uh, on the deck like there's maybe a few tiny little tiny specks of white paint literally not even a big deal but i just wanted to let you know so that you don't do it again it's like damn i'm 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 thinking about that for days yeah that's like negative like and, and and it sounds ridiculous right but that's no. really where my mental space was for the first like three to four years of running a business. Mm-hmm. I was so obsessed with perfection, but almost from like a cynical, maybe it was even egotistic. I don't know.
3: Austin, do you know the, Do you know why I got a production manager? It was because why? I would be so emotionally disabled when a customer would say that, that I'm like, if if I just created ignorance about what was happening and just had somebody else take that on, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. I can sleep at night. Wow dude wow <laughs> yeah
1: I just recognized how emotionally easy. disabled. <laughs> I just was
2: so bad at that shit
1: like I you were just, the same like, as what you're saying yeah like you were okay yeah, 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 100%. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, it is man. interesting too because there's two there's two things that come to mind there one a mental model that can be applied is that you do feel losses greater than you feel gains 100 percent right?
1: yeah, of course and
2: yeah. so so there's that aspect of not wanting you know so that you know obviously you're gonna you're gonna feel that negative um, client response way more than any kind of positive. Uh, the other thing that I also think is just something that kind of a word of caution when people hear, you know, that, you know, and, and not get so emotionally, you know, not take it so personally. I think that there's a tendency for people whenever they really hear, don't take it personally or, or, you know, anytime there's kind of any kind of mention of this whole like positive slash negative thing, you know, and there's like the, don't, you know, don't think as much about the negative, you know, th- don't take it personally. I find that people do that only with the negative side. So, like, they'll still like bank all of the wins, but then they just ignore all of the losses. It's like, no, no, that's not what that's, we're saying. <laughs> no, but I, I actually think that's like impossible. Then, um, yeah. no, but I think, but I hear people trying to do that though. Like, like, oh, like for yeah, example, yeah. like the, like everyone's instant. Like, I'll give you that example. Like everyone's, uh, it just seems like unanimously, everyone's initial attempt or impression of meditation is to eliminate negative thoughts. Uh, and you know what I'm saying? But like yeah. but at no point in time are they focusing on like well, what about the positive, positive ones? Thoughts, yeah. No, not even elevating, just eliminating just el- eliminating, eliminating, All yeah, eliminate. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. So well, not even no, but no, but not even eliminating thoughts, actually just not placing any kind of value on any of them and just accepting them as they are as a state of presence, right? Yeah. So I just a word of caution is like when Austin says, you know, hey, lesson here, you know, don't think, you know, nothing's really personal they don't have to take it personally that qualifies for both not just the negative
1: yes yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. And, and that's and that's something that um it's a it's a it's a difficult path to manage because essentially what you're saying to yourself is that i am building a machine the machine is objectively ranked or evaluated or scored based on its assets and how it's performing and how efficient it is you know and and Personal feedback from an individual to the business is just as important as an employee's feedback or, you know, like how we allocate capital or how we learn from other areas in the business, right? Like just because it's a person talking to a person, I can't let that hold more merit than a person realize like myself realizing something about my business and how I can improve the machine. Right. So not viewing those, not viewing those two things as different. And one thing that I think I learned this, um, kind of in my third or fourth year of student works and maybe even throughout that third and fourth year was also still trying to hold on to that. And then as I moved over to Rydell, like, I think it just became, and I started, I started running like a larger business where there's many of our clients who I don't know personally, you know, like for example, Gabe will sell a job, Mark will manage the production of it, and I'm not speaking to clients directly. And then I realized that if I ever had to step in and talk to a client for whatever reason, it was automatically easier for me to do so, no matter what mm. the situation. And then I realized, mm. wow, that's just an example of how much I got in my own way based on yes. in the past. I was like, interesting what, about that. what was the what was the point? It's like, so what? Doesn't matter who sold a project it doesn't matter who managed the project it's like if i'm gonna let those circumstantial variables influence how those words then hit my ears what am i doing
2: you know it's very interesting so like just a very trivial example it's incredibly easy for me like if brady sends me some photos of a job and says hey man um you know what should the standard be or can we even do this project Mm -hmm. it's very easy for me to be like oh it's this standard or no don't do that project that's impossible but as the sales rep you're attached to the outcome because you want to get the sale right so you're just you're on the hunt mode where you're like you know he's trying to use like a you know a lower standard so you can book it at a lower price because you're more likely to book it versus you know that kind of thing not that brady is necessarily doing that but definitely that difficulty so i can definitely um I can definitely see that at play one other thing i wanted to touch upon which was similar to what you're talking about austin is uh another danger as well um that, that that's present there is if you um don't take so it, it would see just completely ignore the, the negative now right and you're just you know you're like hey you know what? i'm not taking that personally what can happen is like kind of like the stalin effect like joseph stalin where you can eventually surround yourself with people who only give you positive things and anything that's negative in your life. You're basically just like, Oh, well, obviously this is false. I'm not going to take this personally. This is bullshit. Or you basically just discredit everything that's negative. So anytime you get any sort of feedback, you instantly associate it with, Oh, well, it doesn't matter. But then Matt, but then you believe all the positive hype. So I, I, there's someone in my life that I, that I know that's kind of going through this right now where, everything that's everything that affirms that they're the greatest person ever. They're like, Oh, that's totally true. But then anytime there's even the, the, even a smidge of just like, Hey, are you sure about that decision? It's like, bro, I don't need your help kind of thing. Right. So it's it's interesting. Right. So true. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and, and the, the scariest part of what you just shared, John, is that that all begins to happen unconsciously.
2: Total unconsciously. Yeah. And it's almost impossible to break someone out of that because even the because that's of negative feedback out of, yeah correct yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 no, yeah that's yeah. so true um, yeah that's the
2: lesson that's and, and, and well i mean so like in the the this is a very extreme example but but how but how extreme it can get and so in joseph stalin's situation he was having a stroke so he was having a stroke and he was on the ground basically dying and no one got up to help him one maybe because they actually were like, "Fuck yeah, he's dying." But two because and no one wanted to stand up and say, "Do you need help?" Because that would be wow. them like thinking that he's weak. So it was so it was so to that that point where like even the thought wow. of standing up to help him was you acknowledging that he was potentially weak, which would get then kissed. get you killed. No, no, you would get killed potentially. Oh, so everyone, wow. so everyone's, so he he was only so open to positive. What an ironic no death. Negative. That he literally wasn't even open to anyone actually pointing out the fact that he was having a stroke. Like everyone's like, "No, he's totally fine." Nope, he's good. Mm-hmm. No, he's just rolling on the ground over there. Yeah,
1: he's still the best. He died. Yeah, oh yeah, he died. My yeah, God, man, that's like, so that's how crazy. Extreme it can get. Yeah, damn, man. Well, it's it's crazy. Like that. Like to me, in that moment, I would have never thought, like, oh yeah, that's like the reality I'm living into. You know, um, well, it you was
2: obviously a slow progression. No, it is. At that it is. Point. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, so. it, Just to finish this off, now that I'm in a position where I work with two people that are very, very integral parts of this business that are also personal friends of mine, this is a non-negotiable thing, Mm. right? Like Gabe is a a close friend of mine. Mark is a close friend of mine. I care about them very deeply on a personal level, but there's always opportunity for them to Mm. um, like, they're going to have feedback for me as a leader, as a business owner and what I could do to serve them better professionally, Mm. right? And I think mm-hmm. it, if I had that same mindset that I did in student works or it, like um, just my first few years of running a business, it would get really, really hard for me to well, actually it get, listen to that point. It would get to, to that them. point
2: yeah. to that one I just yeah. described. Yeah. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. 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 We're like, I, I really, you, want you would train know.
2: them, right. You would train yeah. them to only give you positive feedback.
1: Yeah. 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 And I want to know, like I, we, we have meetings where I'm like, what can we improve on? What do you guys see? And, and I want to know, is there anything I can do better? And it's like, I, I really drew, draw the line. I feel like, well, and, you know, there's still the personal side of our brains that want to get tempted to like make them make them, um, I guess, see one in the let let professional feedback influence personal relationship. But I think it's important if you're going to work with someone that you're already friends with. I think a lot of people end up in some area of their life. If they're going to be in a business ownership position, they end up having a situation where they work with People or how people work for them that they know personally. And this is like the biggest test, in my opinion, right? Because if that person can't give you critical feedback to help you improve and you lo- look at that as a personal attack almost. Yes. You know, yeah, we agree. That's just so crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay. Um, Max with another question. What are some of the setbacks you cherish the most?
2: Oh, so the one that I cherish the most. Oh, we'll go ahead, Amber. Yeah, and like
3: 2021, I lost like eight grand in like August because the How? business was just failing. It just wasn't okay, performing. you had it. You
1: had Okay, okay. 2021, 2020.
3: Yeah, there, there was like a moment. This is but, last year in your current business, sorry? Two, two years, years ago. ago.
1: Well, yeah. Oh, okay.
3: Yeah, 2021. And it was, I went to, we had so 2021 we had, two years ago. Shit. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
2: Sorry, keep going. Just that hit me.
3: No, no, it's fine. So we basically the business we have like a credit card where we like run Facebook ads, and basically if we stopped running Facebook ads, the business would be dead. Like there's just no leads coming in. So we have two different bank accounts. I had to go get a bank draft from one bank so I can move money to the other bank account because there was no money in there to pay for the credit card. It was the date I have it written somewhere but i i walked from bank to bank with our last monies like in our pocket and and yeah it was it was great john you called me during that walk and i was like hey man walking to uh, RVC.
2: yeah i got like, remember
3: this i got like the i'm just transferring like 5 grand this is our last 5 grand okay, like <laughs> if we don't make a sale like it's we're
2: done
1: damn
3: yeah the ships were burnt
2: and, yeah, so the uh, setback uh, is that you had made a series of decisions that got you to the point where you were basically on, you know, death death door.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and it, I I think That's some crazy, of them were just good, were, were good decisions, but I was just bad. I was just bad at running this business. Hmm. Um, I just yeah, and and my 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 mindset and character wasn't where it needed to be as well. So there's a lot of setbacks there that just kind of accumulated to like this point of no return.
2: Yeah, I have a similar exper- setback. So the greatest setback I ever faced was that when I was one hundred thirty thousand dollars in debt. Like, oh you know, yeah, that was yeah, that was what a turning yeah. point for me in my career was was really just facing that like a man. So yeah, you
1: know. yeah, that's very true. Yeah, John. Sometimes a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people that listen to the show uh, know that you were one hundred thirty k in debt, and now you're about twelve to twenty four months away from being a liquid millionaire.
2: More less than that but yeah 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 less.
1: so i just want to just highlight that like we don't really talk about that a lot like that how much of that 130k in debt do you think led to you going into a different modality where you're where you just
2: totally different modality because what happened was is that um i remember sitting down with my accountant and him basically saying hey like so everything you make this year up to a hundred thousand goes to the CRA and then, because I, I wouldn't say, I mean, I, I was $130,000 in debt. I was $130,000, $138,000 in debt, um, including the taxes that I was going to owe to pay back the money. So like that's, there's, there's a bit of a- Oh, okay, that. okay,
1: okay, okay, but, yeah. But
2: basically I, I had to make enough money in one year to pay off $100,000, I think it was $107,000 and pay the taxes on that year to actually get myself debt free. But the reason why it was such a turning point in my career is that, and that's what set me towards, let's mm-hmm. say a path towards wealth was that, I did it in one year. And so then He's
1: it houses. taught me
2: that I was like, I was this thing My where it was like,
1: yo, Gabe, can you need bro, yourself, I I mean That was like me. the
2: creepiest fucking yeah, thing ever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so creepy.
1: <laughs> um, Gabe, did you, did you turn into a woman all of a sudden? <laughs> yo, what the hell is Are you possessed <laughs> right now, bro? <laughs> yeah.
2: There's only two kids in the
1: building, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> but either way, I, I because I paid it off in one year, I, it it really sucked. I mean it felt good to pay off the taxes, but I was like, man, like what if I all that was just going into my own pocket? So then ever since then I've basically always saved more than that amount, you know? So Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess like but okay. So can you maybe just describe like the day you found out you were like it kind of just hit you that like holy shit, like I'm working for free this year.
2: Well, so I, I remember calling Corey and being like, hey man, like I'm basically a slave to the CRA, CRA yeah. this year. And, said, yeah, and yeah. then uh Corey said to me, he said, John, the only person that is making you a slave is you. And I was like, damn. He's like, he's like, he's like, if you feel like you're a slave to CRA, he's like, that's on that's on you. He's wow, like, Wow,
1: shout out Corey. That's yeah. just a slap of truth right across John's. Yeah, I know, man.
2: Well, and it was like, you know. Well, it goes back to the whole, like, you know, one of the earlier questions was like, John, like, are you less stoic or are you just preaching less? Well, yeah, but that was like, that was like during a time of when I was preaching a lot of stoicism and then here I am like totally just missing the boat, right? So I think, yeah, like if anyone ever wants to see like, is John still a stoic, just look at the results. Like, look, look at, look at how I live my life. Look at my, my peace of mind. Look at, you know, you know, so look at that kind of stuff. But during, during that time though, I definitely had a bit of uh, cynicism towards, um, Towards my experience because I was like, man, like I felt, you know, I just felt like I was a victim of some sort, you know, and you know, mm-hmm. but uh, but no, I gladly paid off my taxes and I still think it's theft. But, you know, nonetheless, I I, yeah. I took it like a man and just did it. Yeah. Nice.
1: I would say a setback that I cherish the most is my uh getting diagnosed with an immune system disorder, which is essentially, as far as doctors can determine, was caused by an um just a high amount of physiological stress. Is
3: that episode two?
1: Yeah. One, I think. <laughs> Actually one. Episode one. Let oh. me let me confirm that. Yeah, anyway. One or two. I forget. But uh but yeah, like I was literally not taking care of my body. Uh I pretty much like my day running a business for the first two years would pretty much be wake up at 6 a.m, go to Tim Horton's Get like a a coffee, maybe a breakfast sandwich, maybe a, do- maybe a donut.
3: You were a roofer before work you became all day. a roofer, dude. You that's jokes. Like one, that's yeah. jokes. You ate like then a- I would
1: work all day without eating much, maybe a cliff Bar or something, and then I would go and the, the the paint store was right next to a shawarma place, so I was eating shawarma like probably like four or five days a week um, that was like my only real source of protein, which is actually insane. Let's go and, for then it, and then when I got home, I'd be so exhausted. I would probably like have like two or three beers, you know, just like relax and try to calm down because running a business was very like mentally stimulating and stressful for me. And then, um, you know, my weight would fluctuate drastically. Right. And, uh, the only thing I really cared about was not looking fat really. So like, because I was working so much, my body was burning a lot of calories so I could eat like shit during the summer, which is something I really enjoyed. Like, that's the way I would think like, Oh, well, I'm, I'm moving all the time so I can afford to eat like shit. Um, and that, that lesson essentially like three years of that behavior compounded, um, while doing a master's degree, while in school full time. Um, and just eventually my body just broke, you know, it was just like, Hey man, like mm-hmm. you can't, you can't do this anymore. I'm sorry. Like you, you know, maybe, maybe what that looks like for some people is having, uh, you know, getting cancer. Maybe what that looks like for some people is having their relationships fail around them. You know, for me, it was just my, my, um, essentially we have, we all have like a, an immune system and my immune system now can't differentiate between a heightened cortisol response and an allergic reaction. So my body just starts profusely swelling whenever I'm deficient in sleep or undergo a very stressful period of my life. So that's something Mm -hmm. I have for the rest of my life. And, uh, and I have to take like a subcutaneous injection every month. I had to go through a very long application process to get approved for this new medication. Um, you know, it's just like something I have to deal with now forever. And that's a lesson that I look back on and I cherish, you know, because I, I think that well, at least I have a solution that I'm really, it, it forced me to be hyper aware of my actions and inputs and health and regimen. Right. So it, it caused me to kind of auto correct. Like now I'm, you know, really like I meet with a health coach every two weeks. I really care about what I put in my body. I really care about the amount of, you know, calories I I put in my body and, and put out of my body. I've become a real proponent of CrossFit to keep myself in shape. I've, I've, taken steps that i wouldn't have otherwise taken without that massive realization and i look around and i'm like well you know there was other there were certainly other outcomes i could have experienced from all of this poor behavior um that would have been way maybe more painful you know like like i know two or three people my age that have had cancer like the type of the 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 type of um habits I had very easily, maybe my body could have just led down that path. You know, maybe Miranda would have looked at me one day and been like, I don't really think this is the guy for me. You know, like, he's Mm. just like, he's just like driving himself into the fucking ground. All he cares about is money. All he cares about is his business. Like, where am I going to fit into this picture? You know, like that, that could have been a very likely outcome, but instead I got diagnosed with this disorder that, Hey, it, it, it sucks, but it's something I can deal with you know, and and it forced me, it's like, I look at it with a sense of gratitude because I know that things are kind of under control. I learned my lesson and there's a sort, there's always going to be a source of pain there to keep me away from that type of lifestyle, which I'm grateful for. I have a, I have a question. Yeah.
3: What do you do to make sure that like your language around this disorder is as clean as possible? Yeah.
1: My language?
3: Because, yeah, man, because I feel like language really matters here and how you label yourself because you can be like, oh, I have a
2: disorder or like my body has a disorder. Or
3: oh, like, okay.
1: Yeah.
2: Amber was asking a question with while making a statement, which is not necessarily the highest quality move, but that's what he <laughs> did. Wait, I don't really
1: understand. Like, do you guys think that labeling it as a disorder is not something that's good?
2: Austin, do you think there's any dangers in any of the language that you're currently using surrounding your disorder?
1: Oh, No. I I actually I don't see it if there is one. I mean I don't okay, mind so,
2: then, so would you be open to Ammer then pointing yeah, out certain
1: sure. things? Okay. Samura, so go ahead.
2: Um well I,
3: I I actually disagree with what you said earlier, John. I'm I'm genuinely curious. Maybe there was a statement. Like I'm trying to discover if there is something like that. I'm trying yeah, to I ultimately just, find but out but if he's were, aware.
2: But you were asking a question when you knew the answer to it. So that that's more. No, of a, like, no, I a didn't. Like, I you didn't. basically just okay. Look at all amber amber you now have permission to point out some oh, yeah. stuff literally <laughs> obvious to you and i about how he was talking about his disorder yeah his his disorder yeah about a disorder my bad yeah
3: i actually think maybe you, you, you're you better equipped because there's something you're saying that i i actually don't know what he like what he should be doing
2: well maybe i misread it so you 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 didn't see any of the stuff that he was talking about as far as his the, the cleanliness of his like I mean obviously something sparked your interest in asking
3: about the word him. disorder and he says yeah. I have a disorder that one I'm just like oh maybe mm. like you would say okay like, so oh, it's more about like labeling I, yeah it's like maybe my body has a disorder. but John it's very obvious you've seen something uh, much okay. much beyond that. well no, I saw the same thing you did oh that was it okay cool so I'm saying Austin it's like when I went to therapy I found myself saying oh I have anxiety yeah which is I you know, James pointed out to me. It's like, hey man, like, no, you're perfect, whole, and complete, and you experience anxiety. I was like, Oh shit. Mm. Cause every time I'd say I would I have anxiety, I would like label that and affirm it. Yeah. Whereas no, like it... saying, Hey, I experience it. So I actually don't know what it would be like to around a disorder, but I just want to know if that's something that's in your space around how Yeah, well, I guess
1: yeah. that the way I look at it objectively from like a I guess more of like a medical perspective is that my body it like shoots like friendly fire on itself when when there's something that I stimulate it with right so it's like yeah there's a there's an attack helicopter that my body has to kill everything that's bad and then every once in a while it just kills something that like it, it's friendly fire on my own yeah, body yeah, yeah. you know and but then that you're, but when you're that overproduces people. that that overproduces histamines which causes me to swell no, I, I okay. get that, Austin. Okay, yeah. Okay, I so just, what,
2: I'm just, I'm just going to call a timeout on, on this on this whole podcast for just one second, just so I can interject. It's going to make this podcast infinitely better if we all stop monologuing and speak, pause, because I, I can see that all of us want to jump in because we're all saying interesting things. It's going to be way better of a podcast if we all talk, pause for a second, see if anyone else say anything, and then continue talking. So just and then unpause. Go ahead. Okay, talking, cool.
1: st- talking stick
3: I'm... no I I understand how the thing might work I'm wondering when you tell it to other people when you explain to somebody that your body experiences this thing uh have you thought about
1: no I I um, have never had God. that thought okay, yeah cool yeah yeah like and I guess for me it for some reason, in my brain, I'm realizing that it's classified as more of a physiological than a psychological thing. So I'll differentiate. If I broke my leg, I would say I have a broken leg. Am I wouldn't say I am. Broken. I experience a broken leg,
3: or Amr. I am broken.
1: Well, that's it. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. I'm broken. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> I have a broken leg. Well. I have a immune system that's not a hundred percent aligned to what it's supposed to do anymore. And that is objectively a disorder. And I have nothing wrong. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't wear that around with me. You know, I'm not like, Oh, I'm broken as an individual. Like, no, 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 no. Got it. But like, if I had a mental health challenge, or if I was someone who experienced depression or anxiety or, you know, suicidal thoughts, that would be a lot more of a treacherous path to navigate when saying I am depressed versus I experience depression. Like mental health is harder. I find to differentiate. Right.
3: Could be. Well, maybe if, if I was to get cancer, like for example, I don't know if I would, I would debate this and talk this with you guys and James and I get coaching from other people, but I don't know if I'll say like, I have cancer. I think I would say like, Oh, this part of my body is cancerous.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, so yeah. Yeah. Well, a
2: similar thing that, that that can happen is you can experience prison versus being in prison, you know, like and because I think I think Austin, what Amber and I both saw when when you were talking about the disorder, not that necessarily you were kind of falling into that trap because mm-hmm. you know, we didn't have a, a very thorough discussion about it, but uh, and I was funny enough because I was actually talking about this with Brady recently because I'm doing a lot of interviews now for the sales rep position, and one of the things that I was trying to determine is exactly this because everyone kind of has that thing right to some degree you know like that that one I think everyone has like that one go-to thing that like holds them back you know it's like the scapegoat of everyone's life you know and I think a lot of times when someone has a medical diagnosis right and I'm not saying medical isn't like trying to discredit it but medical is one of those ones where it's like the ultimate scapegoat because now all of a sudden you're like positioning yourself in between like you're positioning a doctor in between you and the other person and that's where mental illness is really <clears throat> effective, like you were saying, Austin, because there's so much vagueness there mm-hmm. that it's instantly like a, it's like a total just like, hey, you yeah, can't yeah, say anything yeah, yeah. because I said mental illness. It's much so trying tougher. to determine, well, trying yeah. to determine what the person's relationship is with this, this, yeah. whatever this thing is, right? Because. And that's, that's one of the things I'm trying to do during these interviews is, okay, so fine. You, you've presented this thing that looks like it has held you back at times or this, you know, you have like mm-hmm. this language around that. Are you the type of individual to wow, make yeah, this my problem? Are you the type of individual to make this as an excuse? Yeah. Are you the type of person who's going Great to question. constantly be bringing this up? Right. And so that's one of the dangers I think Amer and I instantly saw when you brought yeah, this yeah. disorder, it was like, oh. This is a thing that you now like possess and like carry around with you.
3: Oh, it's like as if part of your it it landed as if it's part of your identity. Yeah, I guess
1: maybe maybe is I wonder if there's room for both here, because the way I've decided to kind of compartmentalize this mentally for myself is that I want to think objectively about this. I don't want to hide behind any emotional value of this thing. Right. So by definition, my body is in disorder. Mm hmm. And I have to mm-hmm. give it medication to make sure that it's in order. Okay. I don't wear that around negatively. L- literally. I have no, I have no like, mm. oh, woe is me type of mm. my, like my body's broken. I did this to myself, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm grateful for it. Like I, I, I look at it as a lesson that I learned and got mm. away with. Right.
2: Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's actually probably such a positive way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah the gratefulness for it right the yeah gratefulness in your and suffering. that's what that was max's
1: yeah. question is what do you what setback do you cherish the most and i think mm. about what that gave me mm. it gave me a lot more than it took from me you know mm.
3: okay i like that cool i misdiagnosed okay. you i'm sorry
1: no no it's don't apologize i think that led to an amazing discussion uh okay we're gonna move on to zach 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 uh wise he's another weekly baller's uh, member shout out Zach. Uh, it, makes, it makes sense. He's got, His he's name's got
3: has wise. He's a Patreon baller. Yeah, makes exactly. Sense. Makes, makes
1: sense. sense. Um, he hit us with about 17 questions. So we're going to, we're oh. going to scheme. We're going <laughs> to, they're all good though. They're all good. We're going to start off with one for Gabe actually. Uh, so, so Zach asked Gabe, uh, after the episode where John unpacked Gabe's teaching intentions and plans and tried to show him what's possible on a larger scale. I'm curious to see where his mindset lies now. Is teaching with a school still the route he wants to take? Is he has he consi- has he considered the possibility of teaching in a slightly different form at a larger scale? I know that conversation was a very dense one, so I would imagine a lot of thoughts came out afterwards.
0: Yeah, um, I would say. Definitely put some new thoughts into my head. Uh, Open my eyes to some new possibilities. Um, Have I decided fully whether or not I want to teach? Like, there's a part of me that feels like I think I'm going to get a lot of, like, joy and meaning out of working with teenagers and kids. Um, There's a part of me that still feels that. Uh, but there's also the other part of me that like, I I think that there's the the challenge of that is that there are always going to be, you know, teenagers that don't want what you're teaching them, really. And they're just kind of like, they're going to be less um, perhaps dialed in than if I were to be coaching slash teaching uh, in a business sense, sales sense, because I have thought about that. What could my role look like if I was to become uh, somewhat of a sales coach? coach um based on my experience uh, and skills that i have so like uh working with some some uh, various people on that so it's like that that consulting and coaching i do really enjoy and also even more recently i think like in the last let's say week or so i've i've even started to think about like what would it look like if i were to become th- like a a life coach slash even a therapist Um, because I think I'm, I'm quite good at, uh, I'm a really good listener. I'm very empathetic. I'm very good at helping people to, I think, unpack feelings that they have and to work through them. So that's just a skill that's also going to be really good as a teacher, going to be really good skill to have as a potential coach. But I'm like, oh, I could also just like, I could do that as its actual, as its own job, like as a therapist. So do I have an answer as to where I want to go? Like, no, I still know what the next year is look is going to look like for me, which is to continue on at Rydell and to, you know, f- uh, focus on the the sales and continuing to grow my skills there. Um, I still haven't like fully made a decision as to what I want to do after that point, but it's really nice to know that. It, I think it's just really nice to know that the skills that I have can uh, have opened a lot of doors for me. So I guess that is it's good to know that those those doors are open.
1: um just a follow-up question based on that like do you find that a evaluation criteria for a direction that you would want to go in your career is based on pressure like do you consider pressure to perform in that equation
0: absolutely yeah i think um you know the stakes Hmm. are the stakes yeah i think the stakes are a little bit They're they're a little bit lower in a sense when you're a teacher, sometimes like infinitely um, lower,
2: infinitely lower,
0: infinitely lower. It's unionized.
2: It's infinitely lower.
0: Yes, sorry. I mean, like matter of fact, I would say that it could not be
2: any lower. (laughs) Okay. No, I'm seriously though. Like, how could how could teaching be any less performance based than it currently is?
0: Sorry, but you're looking at it from like the stakes for, for me and like my job, like, like, and the keeping of my Mm -hmm. job, like, that's what we're talking about here. I'm not, I'm actually was talking more about like the stakes of like the results of what I create. Like, I think that the argument can be made that like the stakes are pretty high when you're working with like teenagers and young people as to the impact that you can have on them both positive or negative, right? Because they are like, their minds are malleable. Their minds are at a place where they're still like, and as, again, you can learn things as an adult. You can all this kind of stuff. But like, I don't think we would argue that like their minds are at their, almost their most malleable. And they're learning so many new things at that time that like, I have a really big responsibility as like a role model as a teacher. So like in that way, some I think like the stakes are, 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 are kind of high.
2: I think um, their brains I are agree. much more information uh, seeking at that time. I don't know how much you can mold their mindset. Like oh, I think if I anything, think you really can molding. Well, hold on. So I
1: think we're actually talking about things that are going to be measured and concluded on. I guess you could say just very differently. Like uh, I think where John's coming from, Gabe, just to clarify or maybe to add some perspective, is just that there's no cost of not performing.
0: I see what you're saying, John. Yes, and I do uh, and I do agree with that. So
1: like if you let's say really made an effort, like and 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 I know you will as a teacher, right? Like you're actually going to care Man, probably but, but I would say the most. But hold hold on, so John, I'm Yeah, I'm, but do but everyone but everyone has Yeah, Yo, you just time let, that. hold on, hold on. Yeah. on time yeah. out. Remember you the just, time. You just you just broke the thing you suggested. Yeah, 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 um but I think that you can try as hard as you want, Gabe, at the end of the day there's going to be almost a net zero cost on you. In your career on your earnings on your progression then if if a kid that you're trying to work with just doesn't make one change in his life and doesn't doesn't course correct at all whereas if you're coaching a business owner on how to be a better salesperson or to have a, have a better sales team how to be a more effective communicator listener like all the things you said that your strengths are really high in there will be a cost of your coaching doing well or not doing well and i think that putting yourself like, have you considered, I guess, that putting yourself in an environment where there is a cost to not perform and a benefit of performing is maybe better for your own development in the path of your own life? Um, Quote, unquote, playing a bigger game, more skin in the game, right? Like that leads to larger skill development and changes you as a person along the way. Whereas if there's no cost to not performing in another path, let's say path A and B in this analogy, who do you become on the other path like that that's the question i guess
0: well that's assuming that the only reason that i would become like good or better is because there's a there's like a negative incentive if i don't but it's like well if i if i truly am passionate about what i'm doing then i would become better at it because i simply want to so i think that like be, like the yeah the but whole, you can't argue you know, that naturally there's a positive and negative incentive there's no yeah, yeah. You, but what's the positive incentive of being a teacher the positive incentive of being a teacher yeah, I think like having a positive impact on students lives who have, may be living like some difficult lives. Uh, yeah, when we I have a 30,
1: know, like, let's say it's I, the same a, thing, a, it's a, sort of, yeah. a phone call comes to mind. Two weeks ago, you left an appointment and you wanted to debrief it because it, you didn't book it and you wanted to figure out why and have a coaching call. Right. I think we were on the phone for like 40 minutes randomly after this appointment and we had an mm-hmm. amazing conversation dissecting what you did really well dissecting maybe what some variables you you missed and also some things to improve on for the next time like and it was a very constructive call i I remember that Mm -hmm. i think it was a really good thing at the end of an interaction with a student are you are you taking that action like who are you calling to get coaching on to really because that that that's what i'm talking about the level of difference in care it's not because you're trying to put yourself in an environment that you're always stressed out about like costs and rewards and shit it's just like You view that call to me as like, wow, I need to get real clear on this because there's a direct cost if I don't. And you end up being better at what you do as a result. Do you see what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's definitely like there, there are, you know, teachers that are like that have been doing this for longer than I have that I would be looking to if I had an interaction with a student being like, hey, listen, this happened with a student here like. I feel like it could have gone better. Here's here's where I'm coming from. What are your thoughts on it? Like, how would you? Yeah, I guess I'm assuming that
1: it's not as in depth. That's an assumption I, on my part. I
0: don't know. I mean,
2: like, am I just arrogant to think that this is just such an obvious problem to solve? Like, it's
1: like uh, I just, in a I way, think, I do think that that it, to answer your question, yes, I think that it yeah, is okay. extremely deep for. for, Yeah, man, it's for a really get big deal because, yeah. like, because I guess it's if,
2: a big deal, but I don't know. It just it seems me, it's like just a lower point of leverage, though. It just seems like it's such a lower point of leverage. Like every game. Everything that you've ever said about teaching, I think is exactly like, like when you're saying the word teenager, you might as well just replace the word human. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's so much meaning that you attach to the word like teenager or like, you know, some age group, Mm -hmm. human, just use the word human, and then find the highest point of leverage for teaching humans, like the greatest impacts that I've had. Yeah, look, we've all had great high school teachers. They taught me for three fucking months. Corey's been teaching me for nine years, like, for obvious reasons. He has more, has had more of an impact on my life than anyone else. Like as far as a teaching relationship goes, I just don't understand why you're picking a lower point of leverage, not only for, for your ability to teach. Okay. Like for, and, and there's so many things we could go into on that. I, I don't want to get, you know, spend half an hour right now going into like why that's the case, but just lower point of leverage for so many obvious reasons then on top of it the financial benefits are significantly lower there's way more things for like going into entropy as far as incentives do matter like every single person who goes into teaching for the most part probably has some sort of grand mission of making impact and being that cool teacher very fucking few do right and it's just it's just the way it works out i just i i just i think it's it seems so much more obvious to me and every single time you present your arguments to me i just i never like walk away thinking to myself he's acknowledging this other side. It always seems like you come back to these things that are like non-exclusive to teaching. Like you're like, you go back to these things that are the present in both areas.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean like the, and then, and then which becomes, which leads me to the thought of like, is there a way I can do some of both? Like, is there a way that I can, because there are opportunities like as a teacher where you can have like a part-time, it is like, what am I missing though? That like, what,
2: what is it? What is it that you get out of teaching that you don't get out of other thing? Like, what's the what's the missing? Like, because there seems to be something that I just am not understanding about why this matters. Other than just to me, it just seems like a collection of human biases that you've basically carried along the way that like have you like how like you know like anchoring, sunk cost, um, recency, potentially confirmation. There's so many things that I just see going on of like why like you're trying to make this teaching thing work when there's just so many ob- more obvious paths for someone to someone of your skill level. Like, what's the, what's the thing that's exclusive about teaching that I haven't heard so far, exclusive from all of your other paths that make it so much more worthwhile, not only for you, but in try and make it more like less subjective to try and make it an objective thing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) The, the whole objective subjective thing is something Austin and I've talked about quite a bit, especially recently, like I know myself to be a more subjective person than objective and uh, like on a spectrum as compared to yourself or Austin and Ammer and stuff like that. Um, I am someone who lives in my emotions a bit more than, than perhaps other people do. Um, so it is a little harder for me to go to the objective side because I think one of the big reasons, like I do make a lot of decisions based on like how does that decision like, how am I going to feel? What, how am I going to feel with the result that this decision would bring? Right? Not necessarily. Man, it what seems is object- so
2: selfish, though, to do that, man. Like,
0: like um, you are gonna pick, I mean, you are
2: gonna pick being a teacher just because it makes you feel good. Like, man, like you are just like there is so many other people that you could help over here. You know, like think about like I don't know, I just like I couldn't, imma- I I couldn't so. imagine. I, I just I see can't the- imagine a world where, like, in business, I'd be like, you know what, man, I am just gonna do what
0: it feels good.
2: Like, I just, I don't know, like, it's just, it's, like well, is it just doesn't. Where is the room for that? like
0: because life is short Uh, no life is very long gabe
2: No, no no i i know that everyone says life is short that's an emotional thing no life is fucking long it's very long it's a very long as in you're gonna be a teacher potentially for 35 fucking years that's a long ass time and at the end of those 35 years i just have a really hard time believing that you're gonna look back at that and be like that was the best use of my fucking time like that was the most leverage i'm i'm I've, I've made the biggest impact on people's lives. As a result, I've made more money as a result. You know, like my, my you know, everything like friends, family, I just have a hard time believing that 35 years from now that you're somehow going to like, you know, we're all going to be sitting at a table and you're a high school teacher. And we're all gonna be like, yep, that was the best use of Dave's time. No fucking way. I just don't see any world where that's actually the case. I just not at all. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I but, so tell me, why do you see that? Like, so like really picture this. Okay. We're all 55 years old. Okay. We're all reflecting mm-hmm. on the first, you know, hopefully half of our lives, and we're <laughs> all sitting at a table, okay, Gabe, and we're all doing the things we're doing. And you're a fucking high school teacher. I'm not trying to say that in a degrading way. And and you and you say no, but here's why this is the best use of my time. What are you saying to us, like, at that in that conversation? I just don't see it. I and what am I missing? And I know I'm being aggressive, so I'll, I'll kind of pull back a bit. But just what am I missing there? Because if I am missing something, like, man, I want to fucking know it. Cause it just seems so obvious to me that that's
0: not what you'd want to do. Well, I guess I am, I am basing Austin knows this. Like I've, I've, uh, I grew up in a family. I grew up in a family that that was very stressed because my parents started a business when I was like four years old. Right. And so, Um, the stress of having a new business and children and all this kind of stuff and it being a hotel and those are being notoriously, you know, like that that permeated a lot of stress in the household. And I felt that. And my Mm. dad was not emotionally available when I was a kid. He was there present physically because the literal Mm. reason that he started the business was he was like, I want to be able to go to your hockey games and your hockey practices and all that kind of stuff, which was great. Mm. Because he was there for a lot of our events. But was he actually emotionally there? Mm. No, he wasn't. His mind was on the business, Mm. right? Mm. So there's a part of me that just is like, and I see that tendency in myself that when I have run businesses in the past, it consumes me. Um, and so if I go into a, a practice where I start my own consulting practice, my fear would be that it would consume me in I would, could be better. I think I, I think I would be like good enough that I would I would, you know, be able to get better at that and control it more. But I would be like there would definitely be many moments where I would be less present with my future children, my future wife, um, than if I were to be a teacher, because as a so teacher, you're... you have the same time off as your kids, you have nine weeks I off see. a year. Your kids have nine weeks off a year. Like I have a cottage that my family owns and I can, I picture summers up there at the cottage with my family. And I'm like, man, that sounds really nice. Like, to be honest, it's a, it's a life where there is, there is freedom, there's consistency and I can see myself being more emotionally present for the children that I'm teaching. No, I'm saying also Dave, for I'm my children. It.
2: So basically you're so, saying that, okay, so you're, so and I, and like really just instantly just caught me off the moment I, I I misstep on repeating what you said. Okay. So you have a fear associated with this, this uh, alternate path, we'll just call it. Okay. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many other paths other than teaching, but I'm just going to mm-hmm. label all of them as alternate. Okay. So you mm-hmm. have fear associated with this alternate path because the fear basically is that you're not going to be present for your family and all these things that you've labeled, right? Or that you've said, right? So you're not going to be present Mm -hmm. for your family. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you've also, you've experienced your dad and experienced this. So there's, you know, some, there's association with that, right? So that's where your fear is, right? Yeah. Okay. So then what do you think the real challenge is there for you in having it not be the case for you to pick the alternate path? but still have what you get from being a teacher.
0: I think that the, what it would take is like, well, what's the real challenge there for you? The real challenge there for me is to like be able to turn off work, like in my mind, like when I go, you know, having clear times where I am at work and clear times where I'm at, where I'm not working mm-hmm. and what and I'm during those clear times when I'm not working to just limit, all distractions and truly be present and focused uh with my family um you know and so like uh, having systems and structures in place to really make that possible so, i think i, I don't I yeah think.
2: so i so I, I see that as the obstacle but i just want to ask one more time because i really want to focus in on this what do you think the challenge is there for you so as in what's the challenge for, of overcoming that i see the obstacle you presented
0: what is What's the real the challenge? challenge there for you? Yes. Um, well, the challenge is that I get wrapped up in results when I'm being paid for results. So I get really wrapped up in that. And then if they're not, if if they're not where I want them to be, I find myself thinking about them outside of work.
2: Here, here's maybe a different question for you. <clears throat> what do you want?
0: I want, oh, uh, just like in general. Like you, you let that land life? however you want. Fuck, what do you want? Man, that's a big question. I
2: want. And you feel no pressure to answer that quickly.
0: I want to feel present grounded and connected as much as possible like sorry as as many times as possible like i know that there will be Mm -hmm. obviously moments where i feel disconnected and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. i want to live a life where connection groundedness love um and meaning are ever present for me
2: okay as much as possible what do you think the real challenge is there for you in achieving that in the alternate paths
0: because well the the, the the real challenge i want to say that the real challenge is that i don't feel as connected that i won't feel as the challenges Feeling I was connected yeah. to my family when I'm not, I don't know. No, that's, that's I the obstacle. Know. I don't Gabe, know. Yeah, what's the, I'll, I'll,
2: let me guide you a bit. Are you Let okay. me guide yeah. you a bit? Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: I see something here that maybe, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can maybe explore this a bit. Who do you think like, okay, so not even who you would have to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's just separate who you would have to be, but just who would achieve that in the alternate path. like what kind of characteristics and and who who is that person like so like if you if you were like hey you know what this person achieved what i want in in this alternative mm-hmm. path who would that mm-hmm. person be just like just maybe like just describe that person to me It doesn't have to be a real person it can just be yeah. a fictional person you just describe
0: someone who is someone who's really grounded in who they are um mm-hmm. Someone who is someone who is a someone who's a leader yeah uh, someone who yep. is a someone I, I want to say like this is I'm picturing it as a man because I'm a man someone who no, that's has, all good. No, a, no, that's you fine. know like the masculine yeah the masculine energy of like someone who's knows when to be decisive and to be disciplined,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know? Um yeah. Yeah, Those would be some pretty big characteristics. I think, yeah, decisive, disciplined. Um, what else? I, I want to say disagreeable a little bit because I know that okay. part of my agreeable... Yeah, yeah, that's part of my agreeable... Well, no, 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 we're not talking about you. Sorry, we're, okay, not talking yes, about you. Sorry, we're not okay. talking
2: about you. We're not talking about game. Okay, we're just okay. talking about this, this, this fictional person.
0: Okay. Uh. Yeah, so disciplined decisive committed um strong yeah okay like yeah. really strong like em- emotionally mentally you know yeah okay um yeah. yeah those are some big ones that come up for me in terms of the characteristics required
2: okay so someone probably. who's disciplined strong good leader probably good communication right yeah good
0: communication yeah yeah
2: okay anything else maybe on that list
0: Loving, I think that's okay. Important lo- too. Yeah,
2: compassionate, loving, yeah, empathetic, love. right? Like those. Yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah. Gabe, this make me emotional, but do you know who you just described? I don't know you. So then, if I ask you again, what's the real challenge there for you? What do you think?
0: But I don't because I don't want to give you I the Capable of doing it, hundred percent.
2: Gabe, the opportunity I see here for you is, is really to see what everyone else sees, which is that you're capable of much more than a high school teacher. And I think that it would be a waste of societal resources for you to be a high school teacher to settle for that. I see you as a truly exceptional individual. Clearly, uh, you know Austin does, Amra does. And I think the real challenge there for you is that you don't.
0: yeah yeah i definitely struggle with that doesn't matter how good i'm doing i always think like mm-hmm. you know it doesn't matter it's, it's it all could be gone tomorrow and mm-hmm. i mean i guess it all could be gone tomorrow but like no i just think like oh it doesn't matter how well i've been performing like if i have a short period of like oh things aren't going re- well results wise then it's just like i've start thinking that it's something wrong with me and and stuff like that. I, I do make it personal.
2: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously we're not going to solve it all right here. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's the challenge yeah. that you have to, you know, I think you have to step up to the plate and want to overcome that because, you know, society will be better off as a result.
0: Yeah. Damn.
1: Thank you. Yeah. It's just, uh, And I was, I was great, John. I think that because I meet with Gabe a lot and talk to him a lot about these types of things, I guess they kind of come up in conversation, uh, maybe once or once or twice a month. Um, something that was present for me during that conversation that feeds back to what Gabe and I've talked about and, and, uh, would be like a compliment to John's perspective is that when you think about the type of person it would take to do something higher leverage and lead into a bigger life, play a bigger game while doing while getting all the things that you really care about, Gabe, which is like being present with your family and spending time with your kids and having time off and all these things, right? Um, I know that deep down, just and I don't mean to cast this on you, so you could fully disagree if if uh, if you feel like you disagree, but. Deep down, you think that for some reason, John Ammer and I would be able to do that? Like, if we were like, oh, yeah, you're mm. doing it because you can do it. I'm not going to do it because I can't do it.
0: Mm. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah. I definitely and because you it, believe
1: yeah. that, that's the problem. That's mm-hmm. a belief. It's not true. Like, how will you ever know if that's true? Mm. Yeah, man. And, yeah. and man, like, we could all talk about our fathers. And what, yeah. What, what, yeah. what what we've <laughs> learned from our fathers. like, dude, like I I'm I would be terrified to become my father. I think we are all, in a way, would be terrified to be, become our father, right? Like <laughs> like we've look all at John killing him at a
2: young age. Yeah. Look at
1: look at John. Look at me. Look at Ammer. Like, I think you can look at us and say we are not our fathers, and it's not bad or good to say that. It's just we're not our fathers, right? Mm-hmm. And if you have a fear of becoming a way that your father was, not to say your father's a bad man by any means, right? It's just you don't want to have the same strengths and weaknesses as him because you experience them in a very real way. Mm-hmm. You're your own man. You're not going to be him, no matter how have hard you, ever, you try. You're not going to be your dad. You know, no matter how hard I try, I'm not going to be my dad. Like it, no matter how hard Ammer tries, he's not going to be his father. Right? Like it's just he's he's Ammer. You're Gabe. You know, you're not anyone else. And you're going to have your own strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And you have some really fucking good strengths. Like really high leverage strengths, really high income strengths, re- strengths that people would wish for.
2: Not even not necessarily high income, just high, just high point of impact. Yeah, you know, just like a high, like there's so much impact you can have on individuals, you know.
1: And yeah. and like you're at a you know a point in your life where it's like you decide to go and leverage those strengths or not, you know. And um, yeah, yeah.
2: Either way, yeah. I think we should move on from that.
3: Yeah, I just want to say it's so cool. I was taking notes the whole time, and the conclusions I was making, John, you were making, and that was like a cool. Mm-hmm. Moment, yeah. Right? It was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like getting all hyped because I'm like,
2: yeah. yo, he's hitting it right now. I know. I'm writing the plot. In, he's like, knowing yeah. the coach and you, you probably like were like, fuck. I really hope that he, you know, he takes it that path. Yeah, yeah. I have I have literally
3: two of the exact statements you said is like in here, and Austin and and Gabe, if you'd be. um Like this is something that comes up a lot. Like Gabe, would you, would you be open to taking this offline and maybe I can also have a conversation with you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, cool. Yeah. I I think so too. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely getting a little, uh, a little emotional here. And I, I really appreciate having, having you guys in my life and,
2: no, man. Hey, likewise, too. I mean, you know, like I said, like I you know, I'm, I'm not one to get teary eyed, but I'm a little teary eyed. I just when I saw that opportunity for you, because I mean, I was getting frustrated at one point, as you could see in the conversation where I'm like, dude, I just like, what am I missing here? Right. Yeah. And then I but then and then, and then finally, there was that one point where it's like, Oh, that's it. That's it. It's like, you just you kind of, yeah, I don't know, you said something about your father. And I was like, ah, oh, that's it. There's, yeah. you know, because, you know, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Like, Gabe, yeah. life does not happen to you. You can actually create your life.
2: And, yeah,
3: yeah, And that's like kind of the overarching theme that I picked up from your share. So, um yeah, yeah I, I do have an opportunity for you that I, that I'd like to share. Um It's
2: by, <laughs> sales rep for, for trade arc. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, no, no. But, but like something, something else. I, like, uh, <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. I just, I'm just, I'm just teasing. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on from that. But yeah,
1: Gabe, really appreciate the share. Yeah, Any but, final yeah. thoughts, Gabe? Cause we're going to move on to other questions really
0: yeah know. um i just i want to i want to i just need to work on believing it more and i i guess that's the part that i've been believing just
2: seeing it and seeing yeah. it yeah i
0: guess seeing it yeah gabe yeah, if you're wondering I have how seeing it i have moments of seeing it like like there are times when and i told like there are times when i see it and i'm like oh yeah this is po- this could be possible for me and and i could do this for sure if i wanted to like yeah i i have the capabilities it's just like the, when I, when I get in a down state and, and it's just like getting myself to just, I can, I can fall into that, uh, feeling, the negative feelings. And, and it's like, yeah. so I just got to challenge myself more on those or, and finding ways to, I am working with someone like an energy healer that is helping me to, to, to work through some of the, some of the, I guess, pent up pain that I have, uh, or, and feelings and just kind of working towards, that so i do feel good i feel like i'm moving in a better direction so the pain that you're experiencing
1: for
2: sure
0: yeah 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 beautiful thanks guys okay
1: Um, zach yeah i have to jump in about 10 minutes and i'm gonna fit in a couple okay so ten minutes
2: i got like maybe a 15 at most
1: oh okay cool yeah um Ammer so we have he has specific questions for all of us to uh individually so start with Ammer um how how have you been doing in the lens of romantic relationships have you improved in this area of your life
2: Ammer have you fucked No
1: <laughs> that's not just to be clear that's not okay, the like question it. no, no, no just just joking. Joking. i have not i have
2: not
3: <laughs> um pretty good like yesterday was a was a was a big day like I'll, I'll share a little anecdote i'll make it quick but like it was me christine and james we went to like grab some salad and there's like a, a cute girl that walked in and and james and i just kind of like knew it like she walked in it's kind of funny we We're just like teasing christine i was just, like um and you know, they went to order and I just like decided to do some small chat, you know, it was just like, Hey, like, are you, you know, what are you getting? Or what do you, have you ever tried any of the, their desserts? And I just like failed epically. I was so nervous. I was sweating. My posture was like, this. <laughs> I had my was arms like, crossed. No, no, no. It was, it was like, an. Un- my hands were crossed in like an uncomfortable <laughs> way. I was just like self-defense. She wasn't I even making that. eye contact with me. Mean, she's just like on her phone, just like failed. Just amazingly um and awesome. it was like a yeah it was it was it was a good experience and then you know christine was like, finally like oh christine like what are you or did you order and like i didn't know this after but like the girl looked at christine because she she thought i was like maybe with christine or something like that so she was like oh so christine told me later that she was like kind of giving her a smile or two and like oh like she actually wasn't maybe enjoying it. i don't know <laughs> but but but, it, but they we were I we were it. walking away and james is like yo you should go like ask for a number and i was like nah man like i'm just not i'm not gonna do that it's like no like i think you should i think you know you like growth opportunities this is outside your comfort zone i think you should you should go do it did you i did it i i completely oh what dude did yeah i know yeah yeah
0: dude
2: cute girl that like what, did, what was she what was she gonna order
3: uh like it was a I salad place it? like a salad you know
2: okay well i was just wondering was it the healthiest thing on the menu or was it, you oh know, yeah, was yeah she yeah, get yeah. like no. a beef dip or something like that no, <laughs>
3: no she wasn't no 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 So that, that like stuck with like, I went back and I just felt like a failure. I'm like, wow, I just completely was Mm. like a coward. And like, I did like some journaling and thinking. And like, I asked a whole bunch of questions about like, well, I don't want to be annoying. Like some women might find that annoying. But then Christine's like, no, actually, like you can make a girl's day by asking for a number. Even she says no, like that's 100%. 100%. That broke my mind. I was like, well, wow. and I had another limiting belief, which is like, well, if I go for a girl and it doesn't work out now, it's weird or awkward if I run into her. And James is like, that's not true. You're making that up. Like it can actually just be normal. Like we're all adults floating on this rock here. On well, Earth, imagine like...
2: doing a quote and then seeing the person afterwards. That's not like awkward. You're like, oh, Dude, you no, but, this is, yeah. but I'm such a <clears> throat> noob, throat>
3: yeah, you know? I know, I know. So I then know. I, go, know. I go to the gym and on the way back, I go stop to like grab like No, no, no um, Amber,
1: you're experiencing noobness. You're not a noob. I, just to be Yes, fair. yes.
3: I love you. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate
1: it. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I, I go <laughs> noob on the way.
1: <laughs> noobness. You're experiencing noobness. Hammer.
2: What you got to do is just embrace the noobness. Just use a
1: noob I did. tube. And just I did. start, you know? <laughs> the noob tube.
2: So, anyways, on my way back from the gym, I
3: go stop at a place and, you know, there, there was this, this girl and I was just like, kind of gave her a smile. And then she initiated a conversation with me. She's like, oh, are you French? And, anyways, one thing led to another. I asked for her number and she gave it to me. And so
2: she asked if you're French.
3: Yeah. I get French, Italian, Hebrew, Turkish.
2: I guess maybe Persian. French, maybe. Yeah, I, I guess I guess there is Muslims in France. So yeah,
3: yeah. Anyways, okay. it was it was a good it was a good lesson. Um, so Zach, uh, w- w- you know, to answer your question is yes, I'm taking action. I'm stepping outside my comfort zone, and I've started to block off my weekends so that I dedicate that time for reflection, action, dates, and stuff like that.
1: So sick. Noted. You gotta start lining. You gotta start lining up dates like you line. You used to line up appointments. Estimates. Times, you know? yeah, yeah, seven
3: a.m., nine a.m., nine a.m., eleven a.m. <laughs> just <laughs> estimates through Saturday. You're like actually,
1: um, double booked at nine. Sorry, that's not gonna work. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, John, what are the parameters for your building that you have been hard to attain, or that have been hard to attain? Because you were talking about the building. You were There's nothing for, about
2: the characteristics of what I'm looking for that make it difficult. It's just oh, okay. the fact that we're in an interesting point in the economy where. Buyers basically have their expectations of like what something's worth, and the sellers are have a lot of you know mm. human biases that are anchoring them to what you know it was worth, you know. Right. And in real estate, you're not getting daily quotes, and so there's a lot going on there. But basically, what I'm looking for <laughs> is um, a property that's in and around the range of 800 to 1.2 million. That ideally, well, I have to uh, be able to occupy at least 25 percent of the building. Um, and we actually, I actually have a unit that, uh, I'm making an offer on, or at least we're in the process of making an offer on this week in the sense that, um, it's an off market deal that I sourced through a lease. Like I noticed what I did is I went through all of the leases in Kelowna that have been over a hundred days and thinking mm-hmm. that maybe some of these owners would prefer to sell. And yeah. I did find one that actually is open to selling.
1: Yeah. Genius. Wow. What a great way, man. Genius. Well, well done.
2: Yeah. That's smart.
1: Smart man. Uh, question for austin how's the progression of the house going uh so well was drilled on friday last week and uh excavation is this week foundation is the week after uh once the foundation walls get poured it has to cure for about 25 days and then the house gets dropped in early august so, yeah. I mean, uh, I,
2: I knew that it wasn't too advanced cause I still haven't gotten a call for the painting quote. So yeah, can't be yeah. That no,
1: no, yeah. yeah, that's it. And I'm getting at least 17 quotes too. So it's going to be kind of, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So no house is going is uh, like, there's nothing so far that, um, that would suggest any sort of like, there will definitely be like unforeseen delays and mistakes as I, you're not you there know, yet though. Not yeah. there yet, but ask me in like two months and I'll definitely have a better answer. Um, so we'll wrap this up with the last question, which is a f- banger uh from Zach.
3: Were there people we didn't get to?
1: No, actually perfectly timed. Well, cool. we had like a f- we had like a few like jokes questions, kind of like we got cool. from you know, like, hey, like when when's the ping pong rematch and shit? But like in terms of like real questions that would
2: Okay, banger.
1: Last one. What strategies and tactics within all of your businesses have helped you become effective leaders and achieve continual growth of those on your team?
3: Oh, yeah, simple. If you want growth within your team, make it all about the team and how they win and what they need to win and then just make sure that they get that before you get anything in return.
1: Couldn't have said it better myself. I was just about to take it there because I, I read that question like an yeah. hour ago selfishly, right? Because I saw it and then I thought about my answer. Amber, you pretty much stole my answer.
2: Uh, I mean, let me say this. I haven't, you know, this isn't fully a thing, but one thing that I'm, trying to implement into my business? Because uh, the question was about uh, developing your team, right? Is that?
1: Uh, so yeah, we'll read leadership, it because it's a bit, it's right? a bit wordy. So what strengths, what strategies and tactics within all of your businesses have helped you become effective leaders and achieve continual growth of those on your team?
2: Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So kind of, a so, uh, you know, and again, I'm just gonna steal a title because, you know, I, I never had really Framed it that way. But I think what I'm trying to do is just implement a coaching habit within my business, right? So not only make it a habit of mine, but also my team's, right? So, you know, a a really basic example is the habit that I had was that anytime a coaching opportunity arised, I would basically just jump in and just give them the answer, right? So I'm trying to build the habit of not doing that. So it's a coaching habit. For Jocelyn, hers is that if a problem arises, that Rather than coaching for um, for development where the, the individual won't be dependent on her and solve their own problems, she solves it for them. She jumps in. But naturally, of course, my team has the same coaching issues that I have had because that's they're the ones that receive the coaching for me. So I'm personally trying to govern myself first and make all of these things a habit myself first so that my team will then adopt them.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I would agree with that. And I think the only thing I would change about or add to about what you guys have said, I think, funny enough, I think naturally we all, because we talk each week, I think we lead our businesses more similarly than different. I don't think we have like drastic, drastically yeah. different leadership styles or values or things we practice with our team. Um one thing I would just add is like an actual concrete thing I try to do with each senior person in my business is at the beginning of each year, this is typically in January, I sit down with people and really look at their personal and their financial goals and just really set up a, a structure so that they almost, it's hard to miss them. And yeah. um and i do this with mark each year because you know it's important to me that if mark has chosen to work with me and my business and not anywhere else that mark feels extremely well supported and served by by the person or the business he's chosen and i think that makes mark and i have a closer connection but also there's you know i i know that deep down people that work with me in a senior level they they know that they can tell i really care about their progression and for me to take a couple hours out of my year is a extremely small cost to have that person get a ton of orientation and alignment, right? Like Mm. leaving that meeting for the year, that person is just aligned with what they need to do, you know? And, and I I do this, I don't think Gabe and I had the same like exact financial meeting down to the cent like I did with Mark, but I think that every, every month we're looking at Gabe's income, how that's matched up against what he's looking to earn on a commission basis. And, yeah just just making sure they feel supported so yeah uh hope that answers your question zach and thanks everyone i've got for to just, run as well yeah same so, yeah. so thanks everyone for these questions these were awesome i think this led to a a, a great conversation across let's all go, people so, let's go we'll do this again in a year or so we'll talk okay soon. okay au revoir did I say bye in french au revoir yeah okay au revoir Hey listeners, thanks so much for tuning in Ciao. this week. As well, usual, you can find us on Instagram at the weekly call pod or through email at theweeklycallpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material and just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.